0: and welcome to episode 69 of the worldwide Chelsea pod it's your host matt back again for a new season season two of the worldwide Chelsea pod hopefully it goes as well as the first one did champions league winners so we can't complain and hopefully we get some more trophies today we have two guests on today first of all my returning guest from texas the trash talking texan
1: Jesters, how are you doing, my man? I'm doing great, and let me say I'm very honoured to be on this special episode, episode 69, the <laughs> best episode. <laughs> oh, I was waiting uh, for someone to mention I know, I, I had to be that guy, So, but <laughs> yeah, it's a great day to be a Chelsea uh, fan. Uh, yeah, up Chelsea. Yeah, brilliant. And my second guest
0: is Special Guest. He's been doing a lot of content recently co-host on the other side, The Coin, and he has his own podcast. He's the host of the Perfect Trick podcast. It's Taron. How are you doing, my man?
2: Yeah, thank you so much, uh, Matt. It's an honour to come on this pod. I mean, for ages I've been wanting to come on it, and I've got my invite, and, you know, the topics today are really, really exciting. So, yeah, today was a massive, massive day in terms of Chelsea news, so I'm excited to get into it.
0: Yeah, Taron, if I'm honest, I've had you on the list for a while, (laughs) and it's always... The thing is, because we're all from different time zones, i have always looking at, like, all right, the guys from Australia and India are mm-hmm. coming on, so I'm like, all right, try and get RJ, coming, try and get Miz, et cetera. And then it's American time, so I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. try and get Patrick, try and get someone else. And now I just thought, I looked at it, I was like, I haven't invited Taron on, and he's been on my list for ages, so I'm just going to put book out an episode. And I thought, why not do it for start of the season? Big pod. Cool. Big, important one, so I'm happy to have you on. Thank Um, you, thank you. And we'll start off with topic one, which is obviously pre-season. It's come to an end with the Mind Series, which turned out to be a pretty good competition, to be fair. Nice that obviously Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham have all raised quite a lot of money for the charity Mind. Great um, initiative, a great charity to raise a lot of money for especially in this lockdown where mental health has just soared through the roof um start off with you tarrant obviously two 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 against tottenham we also got a 2-1 win over arsenal uh you got the bournemouth game we won as well are you are you happy with how pre-season's uh gone as a
2: whole yeah, I mean, it, it really couldn't have gone any better apart from the fact we didn't see many games, you know, on the TV as we, we would have liked usually in preseason. Apart from that, you know, the Arsenal games, you would have thought maybe would have slipped up in one of the games with Arsenal having more players back in pre-season. You know, Tottenham with a new manager bounce kind of going on there. But, you know, it's been a really, really good preseason. It couldn't have gone better. We've seen a lot of young players come through and prove themselves. A lot of players last season who didn't play too well, they've come and proved themselves. You know, Thomas Tuchel looks like He's really, really going to, you know, build even more on this dynasty. He's already done at Chelsea. New transfers coming in, a great preseason, And, you know, this season really feels like it has something exciting going on. And, you know, I'm about to cop a kit with a new number on the back as well, who I can't really say, but, you know, it is going to be really good. And it's been a great preseason to be honest.
0: Yeah, and obviously you were one of the lucky fans that managed to go to the Tottenham game on Wednesday yeah. and go into Stamford Bridge for the first time in what?
2: Yeah. Since two the le-
0: yeah. 2 yeah, years. Yeah, 2 years. I mean, three, it's years. it's mad. I mean, how was how was the experience as a whole obviously? I know it wasn't completely full because they're doing the whole safe standing in the Matthew Harding, yeah. but how how was the atmosphere? How was the game with fans back?
2: Oh, it was literally like I could even say it's a surreal experience and like, I haven't experienced that in nearly 2 years. The last game I went to was Chelsea versus Valencia at home, and we lost 1-0. So, you know, to be back in the ground and see the players in the flesh, I went there quite early with uh, Jonathan, who you guys might know. We stood right next to the pitch with the players, and it was just like, you know, I feel good to be back next to the players. I've been watching them for years, you know, at the stadium. The atmosphere for the Ziet goals especially was, you know, as good as ever. It felt like a Premier League game, to be honest. The only thing I was missing, obviously, was, you know, the shed, the shed end wasn't really full. The, the fans were completely gone from the shed end the the east kind of middle mid tier was was not full but apart from that you know when the goals went in the stadium was buzzing every time Hudson Odoi got the ball the stadium was buzzing you know Chalaba, when he was making them tackles it was a really really good experience and you know the second half was definitely I I say it felt like a preseason game but the first half I'm telling you right now it felt like I was watching a Champions League semi final a Premier League you know massive massive top four designing game or something so, you know, it was great to be back. And I'm sure I'll be going to a lot more games. So I can keep you updated on that as well, guys, uh, on the rest of the games.
0: Definitely. Um, one more question before I move on to Jester's. Um, was there any players that, you know, uh, sometimes you look at a player on TV, they don't look as good, but when you see them in the stadium they and see them from the pitch side, they seem to be so much different, so much better. Was there anyone that come to mind that, just seems different to how you would watch on the TV? Because obviously that's the only... So for some of these players, like Havertz yeah. and Werner, it's the only time we've actually seen them, who's not on, not in face-to-face.
2: Yeah, no, that, that's a really great question. I'm, um, You know, actually one name came straight to mind when you said that. And it might be one that you might think, you know, is he telling the truth here? But I'm telling you, Hakim Ziyech in the flesh, you might think, you know, he's quite slow in real life, he's not that quick, he's, he's quite weak, but... If you watch him when he's dribbling at players, he has a real bounce about him. He's rapid and he's actually quite strong in holding off his players. I'm not quite sure if that's kind of the the stadium fan bounce that's helping him with, you know, his mental side of, you know, impressing the fans. It's his preseason, you know, gym work that's made him there. But in the flesh compared to on TV, this guy is literally like I say Riyad Mahrez, but better on the ball. Like, seriously, so tricky, so skillful, so strong. And maybe other players that could say, obviously, one obvious one is N'Golo Kante. Nothing can judge what you see in real life compared to on the TV. You already know he's absolute animal. There's All teams want 11 Kantes, but in the flesh, you see, oof, he is rapid. He would give Usain Bolt a run for his money. He is absolutely rapid. And, you know, them two main players, but obviously Hudson-Odoi as well, you know, he is you know, a real, real trickster. He's rapid. He's so intelligent. His movement on the pitch. He drops wide sometimes, to open up the space. And, you know, them three mostly are are the players that answer your question, Matt.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, Hakim Ziyech was one that I had in my mind as well. Because it is is just one thing seeing him on TV. And it's also for the players as well. I think Hakim Ziyech, again, like you said, I think he's one of them players that would Mm. be more up for, for a game with fans in the stadium. I think, Hopefully I think with a few of our players we'll get that bounce and we'll get that improvement and that will help us improve as a team. Um Jester's obviously coming now to you. Um how have you have you been happy with preseason
1: overall? Absolutely. i again I'm not a hey, we need to go out there and win these games type preseason fan. I'm more of I look at okay, what does the shape look like or players? uh understanding their roles and 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 how the cohesive how cohesive is the team. Um when I've seen our first the majority of our first team players or players you would set you would consider in the squad, we've really bossed games. Uh so that's great to see. But the most important thing that happened this preseason was no injuries. That is the most important thing to a manager. Is I have everybody on day one, and we do.
0: Yeah, I mean, with Chelsea, that's been a massive issue in the past. Obviously, we've had a lot of injuries coming and going, whether it's the start of the season, end of the season, midway through the season. So the fact that we can have a full squad at the beginning of the season is is lovely to see. Because I think I've I've seen I looked at on uh, Ben Dinery, he does a good. Um, Premier League table for injuries, and there's a lot of clubs have got different injuries. I think Manchester United have got about six or seven. Leicester have got about four or five. Even though the Super Cup at uh, the, the Super Cup, the Community Shield didn't look like it because obviously they played Man City at the park at times. But yeah, I mean it's nice to go into a, a squad, uh, a season with a full squad. Um, Jess, was there any players
1: in pre-season that? Particularly impressed you? Who impressed you the most? Um, well, I th- I'm going to say, you know, just like everybody, I'm a mirror. Uh, Ziesh played well in the preseason. I know that uh, the majority of the fan base out there are gushing over the way he plays, but I don't take. You know, I've seen so many players in so many different sports perform in the preseason and just drop stinkers in the regular season. So I don't. Yes, it can trans, transition into the, the, the season proper, but come on, it's preseason. So nobody's 100% fit. Nobody's 100% at it. He played well. And uh, other than that, I think Chal- Chalaba played very well and, and might really have played himself into a position. Um, possibly. Although it looks like if we want you, many Chalaba has to go.
0: Yeah, I think if you get Kunde and too many, I think it kind of takes out both positions for Chalaba, really. Um, but yeah, I mean he has played really well. Um, Taron, who, who who obviously we've mentioned Zieš, and obviously he's going to be the one that everyone says uh, played well, obviously scoring five goals. But who else most impressed you um, within the squad?
2: Well, I could just go crazy and say Danny Drinkwater, but that would be a bit a bit out there. I can't really go into that too much, but you know, yeah, like you said, everyone's saying he's yet because he's had you know a very good preseason. Hudson Doy has had a very very good preseason at both wing backs, but you know, Chalobah for me, I would have gone into him before before you know Justice went on to him. But the defense, I say Kurt Zouma's actually had a very very good preseason, um, especially when I watch him at live in the Tottenham game. He looked like. He was a man possessed. He had a lot to prove. And that's what you want to see when players are linked with transfers away. They're linked with, you know, moves, the Premier League and other leagues um, and the manager doesn't really favour them. You want to see a reaction when they get game time. You want to see them throwing themselves into tackles, you know, being really aggressive. They're passing to be on point. And Zuma really looked like he had a point to prove he wants to stay in London. He wants to stay at Chelsea. He doesn't care if Kunde comes in. If anyone else comes in, he wants to fight for his place. So I'd say Zuma's had a, a very, very good preseason. Um, you know, the the rest of the team also has had a very good preseason as well. Most players, Conor Gallagher, had a decent few games when he when he played in, against Bournemouth, and you know the other few games. But you know, mostly I'd say that Kurt Zuma, Chalobah, and Zeek really had amazing games in preseason. They were the ones that have really impressed me. Zuma's one that, like I said, he really impressed me because he had a lot to prove and he proved his point. Chalabar, something I really did not expect, especially after you know his loan from L'Oreal. You definitely wouldn't think, yeah, he's come from a league and loan. He's going to absolutely smash it. But he was superb in them games. And Ziek, obviously, like I mentioned, and Hudson-Odoi as well. But, you know, one that I'd go for is probably, probably Kurt Zuma.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Chalaber thing for me is quite funny because, um, obviously, my dad, he supports Ipswich Town. And mm-hmm. um Chalabar, I think it was two, three seasons ago, went yeah. on loan to Ipswich. And I obviously I went to a couple of games, and it was, it was on. Honestly, he looked like one of the worst players I've ever. Watched grace a football pitch, just it. It was Mustafi vibes. That's the only way I could describe it. Absolutely, he was just absolutely. Whether he was playing at the back or in midfield, he just looked dreadful. And obviously, my dad was like, whenever you, whenever a Chelsea player comes, he's always crap. And he's like. You talk, you talk to me about this academy so good, but every time they come, they're absolutely dreadful. And I was like, I- I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I mean, but it did disappoint me. I think, but it does look like he's improved. I think spending mm. time in Liga uh, has him um, improved. It, um, but <sighs> I, I don't know whether it's the cynic in me. I feel like it's just him building up to get a good transfer fee and moving on to somewhere else. Yeah, maybe, else. maybe, yeah, but, you're right. I mean, it, 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 it as, we've, as we've seen with the club so far, it, it proves good because it, it is making us a lot of money and helping us build a team in the positions where we need to. Um, Taron, before I move back to Jess, was there any players that just disappointed you? Obviously, we know in the Tottenham game, Bakioka and Melanxar didn't exactly have the brightest <laughs> of games. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll say that on a polite note. Um, but was there anyone else just Disappointed you and you just look at it and go, maybe it's time up for them at Chelsea.
2: Yeah, I mean it is harsh. I know this is going to cause a lot of stir in the Chelsea fan base, but to be honest, Christian Pulisic really's had a a really poor preseason. I mean he's been all right, like you know all right, I say average, but. From what you expect of him, he's, he was one of the first back with, with Thomas Tuchel. He's had a lot of time to kind of discuss with Tuchel. Obviously, Tuchel knows him well from the Dortmund days, but more time to know in this particular system, you know, where you have to run your movements in the final third, you're dribbling from deep. But he looks like a guy who's had, you know, he's he's just returned from international break like a few days ago. He looks quite sluggish on the ball. His, his dribbles are not the same as you expect from him. His passing's is a bit off, his, his decision-making is a bit off. And, you know, from what I expect, I know on his day he can be one of the best wingers in the league by a big, big stretch of the mile. And yeah, so I'd say the biggest disappointment has been Pulisic. And compared to the other players, I'd say there's not been many disappointments. Tammy Abraham, maybe. I know he scored against Arsenal, but we all know what else he did in the pitch against Arsenal. His touches were sloppy again. His finishes, you know, he could have passed the Batshuayi. There's a bit of discussion about that as well you know, just his general play was quite poor against Arsenal. Even the first half against Bournemouth, he missed that that quite easy header. He missed that one-on-one. And against Tottenham when I watched him as well, I swear, when he came on in the last, I think, half an hour, I didn't even realise he was on the pitch. He didn't really touch the ball. Apart from that one shot that he took that was straight at the keeper, he really did not do much. So, Tammy Abraham, obviously, I don't expect much. He knows he's probably going to leave in the summer. Tuchel probably knows he's going to leave as well. If if Tammy Abraham does have a phone, he will know that we are linked with, you know, a very, very expensive player in that position right now. So he should know that, you know, time's up. So I don't blame him. But like I said, the Kurt Zuma thing, doesn't matter who's coming through the door at Chelsea. You need to fight for your place. Look at Trevor Chaliver. He's probably seen the Koundé rumours. You know, all these other players, you know, linked with Chelsea. But He's still fighting. And that's what I want to see from Abraham. So... Yeah, it's clear that this guy's kind of given up at Chelsea, and he's he's ready to pack his bags. So probably Christian Pulisic and and Tammy Abraham.
0: Yeah, I mean, just as obviously, you're you you do have you do love Christian Pulisic obviously being American. So would you would you agree that he's had? I mean, for me, I wouldn't say a poor preseason, but a below average preseason.
1: No. Uh, if he's had a below average preseason, then Callum needs to run out of the club quick because he's outplayed them both in the Arsenal and Tottenham game. So I, I, I don't know what game some people watch sometimes, but Christian Pulisic almost had three assists in the second half of the Spurs game, if Timo and Tammy could finish. I didn't see any of that from Callum. They played the same position. In the Arsenal game, they had to switch positions because Callum kept getting beat by Kieran Tierney. So Polisic had to go play the right wing because Callum would not track his runner. So I think we need to be a little, we need to go over to film a little bit more before we say somebody had a poor preseason. Both players are not playing the position they favor as wingbacks. So I'm not going to judge somebody playing a wingback who's not a wingback. But if you, if you say, if you say Christian Polisic had a bad preseason then Callum is done at this level because he played outplayed him two games straight. So I'm tired of hearing it. Uh, I don't know why everybody judges Christian Pulisic at a higher level than everybody else on the team. Uh, I I just don't understand it. So, uh, you know, I, as far as, as players that didn't impress me, Zuma didn't impress me. He's still like an elephant on roller skates with the ball at his feet. Um so I, I, like I said he has no no business being at the club. Uh let's not talk about all the loanies cuz we are all their times up. I liked Ruben uh in both games I thought he showed a little bit more when he played deeper. Um but I don't I don't know if that's still enough to get him in the club. Uh this year I think he'll still go out on loan. It's just it's as simple as you know we don't have, we're a great team. We don't have very many spots to open we have we have a center back spot and maybe one to two center midfielders and that's it so it's very hard for a player to come off of a loan spell or not be at the level and and, and walk into this club look at the players you know we've signed or we've we've been linked with all of them are you know considered either an up-and-coming one of the best, or one of the best at their position. So that's what you have to be to get in this this team now. It's not, oh, well, let's just throw an academy product in there. That's not the way it works. We're there to win everything this year. Let's get it correct.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, um, I think I'm kind of in the middle of you guys. I, I mean, I, I do, I do think, politic probably didn't have the best preseasons, but I, I also do think Callum. While he's had bright moments, I still don't think I've seen. And I mean, let's just put it. I mean, for me, let's just put it this way: I don't think either of them will be starting either the Palace or the Super Cup game. I think you've got Hakim Ziyech, who has been phenomenal in pre-season. So let's hope that can translate into the real season. I think you've had Havertz, who also has been pretty good, um, and I'd say better than both of them by a mile. Um, And even Timo Werner obviously should have got his goal against Tottenham. It's typical for Timo to score a genuine goal and then it get ruled off for offside. Um, But it's just one of those things, I think, other than that, for the Ziyech goal, his movement, you just see how important it is. So I think, again, he's someone that, again, I I feel for Pulisic and Huttas-Odoi, I think they're behind all three of them at the moment going into the season, even with a couple of politics bright spells, Callum's bright spells. I just feel like still I haven't seen enough from both of them to command that role. And again, with Tammy, I think, to be honest, the less said, the better. Because I just, I don't want to go into him, but both Ugbo and Brozier both outperformed Tammy across the preseason, And that's, Brozier, that's that's fair enough. I mean Brozier's played really well this season, so you can understand it. But Ugbo, I know he did well in the Belgium League, but no one's expecting him to come back and do better than Tammy. So it's one of the things that it's it's unfortunate. I feel hopefully Tammy gets a good move somewhere else and can really find himself into what striker he wants to be and really grow on his weaknesses. But for me I just I just see a... A tall guy that is struggling with the whole hold-up play and struggling with the whole game outside of just poaching goals and building up the stats. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see what happens. And then again, obviously you mentioned Ruben off the cheek, so I'm gonna speak a little bit about Ruben off the cheek. It would be a crime for me not to speak about Ruben. But yeah, I think he's. I, I think he had a good preseason. I think he showed in bright spots that he can play either in the double six, uh, depending on, again, who actually plays next to him. I think there would be certain midfielders. I wouldn't I don't, I don't, wouldn't like to see him next to Kovacic. I think that would be a midfield that would be a little bit of a disaster in terms of the defence, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, and I can see he can, obviously, that the forward line is stacked, but I think he can play in one of them front three positions, depending on what the role is and who he's playing with. But... I think he might be one player that I think he's got a chance. But if a good loan comes in, either in the German league or if the Lazio move comes up, then I think Ruben can get one more loan to really try and cement himself a place next season rather than get in the game here and there. Um, Taron, is there any... Obviously, we spoke about Shalaba. We spoke about a couple of other the fringe players. And obviously, we have got a squad that is there's not many spaces left is there anyone from the fringe players that you f- think can make the squad this season
2: yeah that, that's a good question as well I mean you guys discussed that there's only places in uh the centre-back areas and the midfield but I would argue there's a place for right wing back for someone to come in and then that could argue we could you know sign someone or something like that but I'm gonna make a very valid landish opinion right now I understand if Jules Kunde comes in that means really Shame said, you know, be definitely our right wing back, and Aspilacuta possibly competing. But I think Davide Zapacosta could be in there for a uh, for a squad there next season. And I know, yeah, I can hear you laughing, and I'm sure many fans will be laughing and listening to this. But from what I've seen in pre-season, he hasn't been world class, but. He's used to that role. There's not as much defending as a right-back role, as we know. He's a very, very poor defender. But I feel like he's very, very good at, you know, the crossing the ball, which could be good for our new number nine. He's very, very good at overlapping. That could be, you know, opening up space for Ziyech. He's very technical, I'd say, in the way he can shoot and pass. So I'd say there is a role for Zappacosta to come in. Obviously, not to play a lot of games, but just to be in the squad as a player that, you know, can can rotate times when Rhys James... could say right now, this season, if if Rhys James gets injured... Yes, we can play Kalamaz and doi wing-back again, but you know Tuku doesn't do that in the big games. We could play Aspi there, but, you know, next season, it could be this season where we see Aspi kind of decline a little bit. So we definitely don't want him, you know, getting overloaded playing wing-back. So i say Zappacosta could be in there as a kind of outlandish one in terms of the pivot, I say Loftus Cheek. Um, I know you will be happy with this, Matt. I think he does have a chance to fit into the pivot and the forward line. His versatility will be a big, big bonus. too does like players who can play many different roles. He can fit in the double six. I feel next to Jorginho. even next to uh, a Kante for me. Maybe even if he signs Schurr, many could fit in there as well. Next to him, not next to Kovačić, or not next to a uh, um, you know, another player like that. But yeah, I think he could fit in there. He can play, you know, behind the two strikers in a four. In a 3-4-1-2, he can play in one of the inside forward roles. So, I think his versatility could be key. And I think Trevor Chalobah, because he can play left centre-back, middle centre-back and right centre-back, that is a big bonus. We can't see Rudiger doing all three roles. We can't see Silva doing all three roles. So, yeah, I'll argue to say Trevor Chalobah does have a role next season. And those are probably the the main players. You know, Barkley, not for me. Obviously, Drinkwater, Baba Robin, yeah, not for me as well. Abraham, not for me. So, I'd say... Yeah, Zappacosta probably the crazy one. Uh, Loftus Cheek and, and Trevor Chalobah.
0: Well, I, I'm I'm just gonna say now, Tara. I'm surprised you said Zappacosta. <laughs> I mean, I, I, when 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 you were saying that, I was like, but wouldn't Do John Sterling be mm. someone? I, I feel he's someone that's had a better. I mean, I understand yeah. your point of obviously we have Kunde probably majority play centre back. Reece James be the right wing back, and then you have got Azpilicueta, who I agree. I think this will be the season. Maybe he starts at right centre back the first mm-hmm. few games because obviously Kunday, depending on when he actually signs, you're going to want him to tr- slowly transition him in, him in mm-hmm. uh, and get used to the league and the physicality. But I don't, I don't see As quite. I think this is As quite as last season. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. But I just, I just think if you're going to put someone, that I just feel Dujon Sterling had a much better preseason. I think I, I just don't. I, I just want rid of the whole. 2017 vibes Um, (laughs) I I, I get I I do understand the point because Apocosta he does he can put in a good cross and I think that is one area where I do think we struggle I don't think there's any real wingers that put in good enough balls consistently I think James struggles again he can do he can put in a good ball especially at right wing back I feel he's just a bit too reserved sometimes Um, and even I think Chua is probably the best out of them but Again, we don't have many good crosses, um, but I, I just I just think Zafacosta Costa is down at Chelsea. I think Sterling is a good shout. Um, and obviously, it improves the homegrown cor- uh, quota. Uh, not that we actually need it because we've mm-hmm. got enough English players, but I think he's someone you can bring in and slowly look and sit And if he has a really good season, then you don't need to buy a backup to James. If he doesn't, mm-hmm. then you just buy some, you bring someone in or you bring someone to try and push James on. But we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, Chester's, um, is there anyone, is there any of the fringe players? I know you mentioned Loftus-Cheek. Is there anyone, that, uh, and Chalaba? is there anyone that uh, you think that could get into the squad at all?
1: Uh, yeah, I actually don't think any of them are going to get in the squad. Actually, uh, Matt Law, I believe, has said that Zuma and Chalaba have to go before Mini comes in. And I would rather have uh, Chuamini than either one of those players at this point right now. Um, so that would, you know, the one, one person I said that, that definitely I could see would be Chalaba. I think the rest are, unfortunately, uh, n- now, of course, if, if Tuchel does one of their center midfielder and they can't bring in Chuamini, then maybe you go back and, And you look, do you keep uh, Chalaba in that position because he can play uh, emergency center CDM as well as center back? Or do you keep Loftus uh, in that position because he can play almost every position in midfield, right? Six, eight, or 10. That would be the only way I could see one of them staying, but as a uh, you know, I thought Chalaba was was a really good shout, but Matt Law said that both uh, Zuma and Chua, uh, and uh, Chaliba have to go for Chuamini to come in.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I do. I, I think Chaliba's always been linked um, with loans and possibly even a permanent out. So I think it, it is one of the things I think he's always been a player that Tugel's looked at and thought he's OK, but I, I'd like someone else. Um, So I think, if anything, his pre-season might be just either getting a better loan club or be getting a higher fee. Um, I think I think the only players that I think had a chance was Sterling, um, Ruben, obviously, and Brozier. But even now, Brozier looks like he could be going out on loan. So I think Ruben may be the only one which would be happy for me because I'd be able to go back to all the people on Twitter that said, Ruben's finished. Ruben's never going to be in a Chelsea shirt again. Oh, and I can, just, I can just laugh <laughs> in their faces.
1: Oh, you know I'm watching PS, PSG and Troy right now, right? Yeah. Troy's up 1-0. Oh, all
0: them, all them players they bought. Well, I wouldn't say all that money they spent because they didn't actually spend much money. But oh, ho- hopefully Messi sees that and goes, nah, PSG ain't for me. I just think it's funny. Oh, that is great. Come on, Troy. Hopefully you can do one on PSG because no one likes PSG. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, Ruben is the only person that I think can genuinely get into the squad. Um, So uh, them Twitter people, I'll be coming at them and telling them, giving them a thing or two because i got a lot of abuse for Support and off the cheek. So I'll 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 get my, my two I'll put my two cents in and just be a bit be a bit smug and enjoy. Um, but we'll move on. Uh, obviously, I've kind of spent thirty minutes waffling on about the Mind series, and we will now talk about one of the main topics that's been going on in the last few weeks. Uh, well, last few weeks. I mean, the last seven days. Uh, obviously, the last pod we did a whole transfer roundup. Uh, I said we weren't going to speak about transfers unless anything big happens on the next one, but obviously it's gone a whole 360. uh, um, Haaland, we spoke about him, all for the last pod, and now it's Lukaku. Obviously, Fabrizio Romano said the here we go. Deals agreed, £97 million, £115 euros. Jess, as I start with you, are you happy that Lukaku's coming in and Is it worth
1: it? Uh, Yes and yes. Um, We needed a striker. I was going to put the ball in the back of the net. Uh, My first preference was Holland because I just think that he's going to be dominating world football or not world football because he plays for Norway, but um, club world world football for the next five to ten years, right? He's He's going to be an absolute beast. But for me... If you can't get Holland, then it's between Harry Kane and Romelu Lukaku. And so I know you're going to hate this. I would rather have Lukaku than Kane. One, Lukaku doesn't get injured. And two, he wins things, which uh, Harry Kane can't. And uh, I brought this up that he's not, you know, England hasn't won anything and Tottenham haven't won anything. And the common denominator is Harry Kane. So, uh, I, you know, maybe maybe Kane doesn't have any bottle. We shall see. But um, I'm very happy with Lukaku. I think that instantly he makes Timo Werner a better player. I think instantly he makes Christian Pulisic a be- better player because they both love to play the ball into the feet of a holding, you know, uh, kind of a, a striker that can hold the ball up and then play a one-two, a give and go. Um, uh, both of them are very adept at that. So I think they're going to love it. I think the whole team's going to love it to have, and also with Timo it's going to take the pressure of putting the ball in the back of the net. And maybe his mind will calm down and he'll be able, he'll be able to play, you know, to a, to a certain level of what we saw at, uh, Leipzig, but he just makes the whole team better. And you're talking about one of the top five strikers in the world. However, you want to rank them. um, and so it's, again, if you can ever put a top-five position player in the world on your team, you're going to be better the next season. And that's what we've done. And um, I think uh, a lot of trophies we're going to lift this year and a lot of tears from rival fans we're going to be drinking out of those trophies.
0: So uh, I mean, I'm good I'd, with I'd, it.
1: I'd, I'd love to
0: drink all them tears. I mean, to be fair, I'll defend – I. I it's hard. I mean, I, I, I would say Kane is better, just because, I, I get the injury thing, uh, I totally agree with that, but well, I do think Lukaku is one of them people that when it when, when the going gets cut tough, he doesn't normally step up, um, obviously, last season he's done well with Inter, winning the Scudetta, um, but even for the Belgium-Italy game, in the one game Lukaku needed to turn up, um, he just Again, misses big chances, um, but I, I still I am happy he's signed. I think he's going to do hopefully very well um, for us um, in a good team. And I mean, with with the Harry Kane, I'll just make the point: when you've got a midfield of Harry Winks and Moussa Sissoko, you can only do so much in terms of trying to win a trophy. So I'll I'll give I'll give Kane the benefit of the doubt. Depending on where he goes, if he moves, and that's if he moves, we'll see whether he can. Uh, prove prove wrong and get the get all, get the trophies he probably deserves. Um, Taron, how do you how do you feel about Lukaku? Because I have, I have actually haven't spoken to you at all about the Lukaku deal. Um, are you happy with this deal?
2: Yeah, I'm absolutely buzzing. I know I don't sound it, but that was when the Here We Go came out. I was very very excited. But you know Lukaku is definitely you know when you get for me, it's the third best striker in the world behind Lewandowski and Kane. You could say Haaland's above him, but. Right now, who I think is the most complete player out of Haaland and Lukaku, in terms of, you know, not just goal scoring, I think is Lukaku. If you look at his numbers from Inter, he has the most assists for Inter last season, the most goals, most touches in the final third, most chances created in the final third. So this guy is, for me, he's developed in the last two years into the complete package. And you could say, you know, Serie A is it the same league, is it the same kind of intensity, but it does not matter when you're getting all of these numbers against top top defenders. You know, Napoli as as a team that has a very good defense, and he absolutely destroyed Napoli. And many other teams. I say the Serie A is known as I say not a very attacking league, more like a very tactically in inute league with with great defenses, a great structure in the defense, and the Kaku absolutely boss that league. You can see in not even just highlights, watch his games. He's come leaps and bounds. Not just his hold up play, his goal scoring, his intelligence in the box. His, you know, team-working ability. If you look at, I think, a game, game towards the end of the season, um, Inter brought on a young strike. I'm not quite sure his name. And Lukaku could have scored his third goal in that game if he took that penalty. But he gave it to that young player to get his first goal in an Inter shirt. So that's a big sign of his intent, of his kind of, you know, feelings of teamwork. And overall, I just think it's what we're needing. Obviously, a goal scorer. We don't just need, you know, Mitchie Bashawai, Tammy Abraham is going to put the ball into the net. We need a player who can press well who can link up with our other really creative talents, who can score goals obviously, who's good, you know, in the in the most we need to launch the ball long, who can hold the ball, who's very, very good in transition. You know, for me, he fits the bill perfectly. The only thing I'd say is obviously, you know, Haaland would have been an uh, investment for the next, you know, so amount of years. But I think Nukaki right now guarantees an instant success. He's like gonna win us trophies very, very instantly. Think of Didier Drogba when he left. There was no sell-on value, but You know, he got that goal in Munich, he won us league, so it was worth it in the end. And I'm absolutely gassed about the signing of Lukaku, and I think he's going to do a madness, absolute madness at Chelsea.
0: Yeah, I mean, he he is a player that um, has done very well in his career. Um, Obviously, the Man United thing didn't work out, but I think that's more Man uh, United's. It was a system that didn't work for him. The, the whole post of Alex Ferguson era has been dreadful for United, and I think it was good for him to move away to Inter and really find himself really fine tune. What I like that he has... Him and Conte have really worked on stuff like his first touch, and now you, when you look at his first touch, it's nowhere... In, it's still, I would say it's the best in the world, but it's still... it It's better. It's a whole lot better than it was, and hopefully, I, I'd argue my argument and looking at it is, can he take that into the Premier League or is it because he is in the Serie a? Um But even then, I, I, I'm excited to see what happens um, and see what, you do, what he will do. Um, obviously, it is a comeback to him, him returning to the bridge um, after his first spell, which didn't go too well for him. Um, but obviously, there's a lot of talk that you never go back to a... Club, you never make that comeback because, especially if you've had a good career. But whereas Lukaku, it didn't work out too well in the first time. Just as do you do you think Lukaku's comeback will be a major success? Obviously, I hit you hinted that we will win a lot of trophies this season, so I assume this answer is going to be a yes.
1: Yes, and uh, of course it's ten years to the day that he signed the first time. Did you know that? That that's why I always thought there's a chance it could be announced today. But
2: obviously,
0: yeah. it's. Deals take time, so unfortunately you can't get that sentimentality. But that it would have been fantastic if they got the deal done yesterday and put the announcement video today, because that would just been a nice memento. Correct. But.
1: Right. but, you know, we know it's done on the uh, a 10-year anniversary of him coming the first yeah. time. Uh, yeah, I think... Uh, ooh, that was a banging goal. Sorry. Hakimi's first. Ah, came...
0: oh, damn it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was a banging goal. Sorry. Uh, yeah, um, Lukaku... My only thing, my only question about Lukaku is is he going to take the penalties or is Jorginho going to take the penalties? That's my only question. I have no questions or concerns because he's, he's going to be played in a similar system that they got played down at Inter where you're going to have a striker or a, an attacking player run off you. Whereas in... And the Belgian team, he's basically a lone striker up top having to do everything. And uh, in the Italy game, you had two of the best of, in Serie A, uh, in Chiellini and uh, Benucci, And they've been around for so long, they know how they know the little things you can do to upset a player. Uh, and so for me, Lukaku is going to bang goals. He's going to bang assists um he's going to make a lot of rivals cry and yeah i just hope he takes the penalty duties over uh because it's always good for uh stat padding
0: yeah i mean it's i think it's one of them ones that i think Jorginho will probably still take the penalties um but it's always good if we can have multiple people who can take penalties um taron do you th- do you think Lukaku's second spell is going to be a success
2: Well, obviously, you can't guarantee things in football. You know, we've had many strikers in the past who've put on the number nine shirt and they really, really flopped. But considering all the things taken into account, his abilities, his strengths, his kind of way of fitting into our system, his previous experiences in the Premier League, into Milan, it is a very, very, very likely chance he's going to do bits. You know, he's had calls with Tuchel. He seems like he's really, really up for this to prove you know, the Chelsea fans wrong, other fans wrong, that he is the real deal. He shouldn't have been sold from Chelsea with them years ago. And Lukaku is a mentality monster, you know. He will look at all the news from before, all the Chelsea fans talking to him, you know, bigging him up now, and he's going to want to go on that pitch and absolutely destroy most teams. And, you know, I do think one thing we were missing last year against the Brightons at home, against uh, Southampton at home, against the Southampton away, we were missing that, you know, finisher that can take the, the easy games by the scruff of their neck. And absolutely change him with it with a with a click of a thing, and Lukaku will definitely do that. That could get us an extra even 16 to 20 points in the league. And you know, like I said, that could take us to a Premier League title charge next year. So these games people might think, you know, you have to have these big game players. Lukaku, yes, in the Italy game was poor. He wasn't really that good in that game, but he is a big game player. If you look at the AC Milan game, when he used to play Man City before the goal scoring scored against Chelsea um in 1718, he is a big game player, but he's also a guy. Who doesn't take the the smaller games lightly you know he he keeps his head up high he takes you know the nil-nil kind of mentality whatever the score is it's nil-nil and he is a guy who will, will get us a lot more points in the league so i think he will be a success it's just about him settling in quickly he won't have long the season is starting uh very very soon obviously the super cup i don't think he should be thrown in for the super cup right now you know when we have other players who've been performing very well in pre-season but i think when he comes in he's gonna have a lot to prove and he'll be ready for it so yeah, I think he's going to be a massive, massive success.
0: Yeah, I think it's one of them things that I don't, I don't think he'll he'll make it in time probably for the Super Cup. Obviously, it depends on um, how when when the deal obviously gets done, will he be registered in time? Um, but there's also the fact that I just think he's trained, but it has been a bit a little bit of stop and start. So I just think he may 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 play step step be on the bench. But it might be one of them ones where he he just doesn't make it and then you just get him ready for Palace. Um, I think we've got, as we'll move on to swiftly, I think we've got hopefully enough to beat Villarreal with or without Lukaku. So we'll we'll have to wait and see. Um, Yeah, and we'll move straight on to, obviously, start of the new season uh, starts a bit early for us on Wednesday. Uh, We play the Super Cup final, hopefully a chance to... Win a trophy um, before we've even started the season. Um, looking at the fixture list, we have got a few tough, tough opponents um, after Crystal Palace. Um, so, Jester, do you think this is a good, a good opportunity to win a trophy before we've even started? No matter how people view it, whether it's a pre-season t- trophy or whatever, um, do you think it's important to win this match and? kickstart the season before it's even started
1: absolutely it's always good to uh you know win win the first real trophy of the season community community shield is not a trophy it's a dinner plate let's get that correct arsenal fans who may be listening egal i got i'm talking to you uh (laughs) et um yeah so it's the first trophy of the season and we've won it once or have we never won it i don't think
0: we've actually we've not won i don't i i I is me. this is me being very stupid but i don't think we've actually won it
1: so this would be our first chance to win it i think that the super cup was actually the reason that lukaku left the club if i if if uh what i'm hearing from uh people who were around at that time that's what happened he missed a penalty and that was basically it um and so i think if the i think they're going to try to get him registered in in on time because uh the uh final squad is not due till tuesday at midnight um so they can at least get him on the field for a cameo i don't care if it's 10 minutes just, just kind of exercise that demon Right you want you want that ex, that demon exercised from his memory and from from the Chelsea history We get the super cup done. My only thing is we have uh, Crystal Palace put on Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. So there's three days in between that super cup, so there there might be a chance that one of uh, Callum Hudson a or Christian Pulisic play right wing back, just because I don't think James will be fit for 90. And again, we have a game three days later. So it might be a case that one of them plays at least a half at that position. Um, Although Callum's not officially on the roster right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, just checking, obviously, to clarify, we have won one Super Cup, which was not in the Abram Vigera. It was in 1998 against Real Madrid. Um, So we haven't won it in the Abram Vigera, so it'd be nice to win it. Again, another trophy into the cabinet. Um, and yeah, I think I do get your point about how to do a starting. I think, I don't think any of the Italians or the English players, I just don't think they'll be, re- I think Tuchel maybe will bring them on um, in the second half if we're winning the game. But I think they may, he just may just give them that extra time period to rest and have them completely ready for Palace rather than... Run them out into the ground at uh, Villarreal, so I think it'll be a chance for, again, some of the people, maybe like someone like Ruben, not maybe to start, but be in the team, um, and, um, yeah, it will be a chance for a few rotations, um, but it is an important trophy. Obviously, Taron, I'll, I'll I'll let you uh talk about Kalamato the as well, um, and just answer me as well. Is 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 the Super Cup really important to you to kickstart the season?
2: Yeah. Um. Thanks for giving me the chance to talk about Hudson Dozier. I mean, I've had a lot of talk on this particular podcast, and you know, a lot of other people talking about Hudson pre-season. But you know, I think one thing that people don't are not seeing that he does on the pitch is he really made Ziyech play so well against uh, Tottenham, and the way he did that, he was out wide most of the time, which engaged the fullback, which would obviously be regular. That left all the space. We saw how much room he had for both shots in the game. The room he had to drop deep to control play, to you know have them curling shots in the inverted right forward round to the left court, top left corner. He really let Ziyech become the top player. When we see Ziyech playing with Rhys James, it's constantly Rhys James kind of holding back a little bit, kind of staying close to the right wing back and Ziyech kind of getting engaged by the full back, which means more pressing. And that left him with kind of, I say poor form towards the end of last season. But, with Hudson-Odoi, he's kind of a wide right winger. I don't really consider him as a wing-back. That allows Hakim Ziyech to be almost as close to what he was at Ajax. And I say when we have the Wizard of London playing that role, it is a massive, massive bonus. So for the Super Cup, I would probably go with Ziyech in the forward role with probably Timo Werner and Kai Havertz. And then Hudson-Odoi in the right wing-back position. Because... That's how I think you can get the best. And you know Hudson-Odoi, if Ziet comes drops deep into the middle, that gives the fullback and Hudson-Odoi has all that space to drive at the fullback. So that could be quite a good bonus for the season. But in terms of the Super Cup, I've already mentioned that a little bit in kind of that, the little tangent I went off on there. But yeah, I think it's massive. You know, we haven't won it since 1998. The 2014 one was extremely painful. The one against Liverpool uh, quite recently on the Frank Lampard. I've, I think we should have won that game. Considering we lost to 99 four 0 we bounced back and you know Pula Six scored an offside goal, Mount scored an offside goal, and we lost on penalties because of um Abraham's miss, which you know spurred him on to do quite well for the season. So you know the Super Cup, if you start well in the in the competition, you win a trophy early on. Doors not a pre-season tournament for me it is a official way for competition for the for the cup winners. I think it's a massive deal and it can set up for nicely for the season. You know Liverpool they won the Super Cup and like I said uh, quite recently in in twenty twenty in 2019 sorry and they went on to win the league after that so I think it is a massive, massive bonus if you can go on quick it'll put you in a good mindset it'll keep you confident it'll keep you on your toes and you can really have a good mentality early on in the season to push on for the club world cup for the premier league for the Carabao cup FA cup all these other competitions so I think it's a great great start for the season much more the community shield which like um just said I think it's a dinner plate so yeah the super cup for me is a big trophy and I'm really craving as a fan to, to win that one but Yeah, that's kind of
0: how I answer the two questions. Yeah, I mean, I I do understand, obviously, with the tactical side, I think Sodoy does, uh, where he does play as a winger and how Tugel likes to, in terms of his tactics, overload the box. And that wing-back sometimes does take up a lot of winger positions. So, I I think in that aspect, yeah, I think he does in a way help Ziyech out a little bit um, and make Allows Zesh to be more of himself, especially at the Ajax. But um, yeah, but, you know, I mean, the Calavas Zodoya debate is a massive debate that goes on within the Chelsea fan base. Obviously, there's a lot of different opinions, and for me, I I I, I take a bit. I take a bit from both. I I understand the people that don't rate him, why they think why. They, they, I think there is deficiencies to it that his game that. I understand from certain people. But then again, I, I also see some of the stuff in his game that is better. That I think he, I understand why people rate him in, in, a, in a such a high manner. I think for me with Callum, I think to, this season is the season for me to, for you to go out, prove yourself. A lot of people have been talking up Callum saying that he's back to his, he's back to how he was before. He's got that extra run of pace. He's ready to go. So for me, I just feel like get I, i'd like him to get some game time and get maybe a bit more consistent game time and i, I at that point i but i also want to see him prove himself and if he doesn't i ju- i see i just i i worry that certain people are too afraid to say that Kalamazoo going out on loan is a good thing because for me he lost a year of development with his injury um which is always for any player. Obviously, we're seeing with Ruben, it can destroy your career before it's even started. Um, so I think him going out and learning and playing week in week out, I think for Callum would be really good. And obviously, it would depend on what team he goes to. Because would have to. I don't want him going to a Burnley or someone like that because that's just that's just a waste of time. He may as well sit and play with the Chelsea boys. But. Um, I, I, I do think some people, I think the problem is as well, part of the way, people in his own camp are afraid of him going out on loan and I think he, they've also said he's too good to go out on loan which for me is a bit of a thing that I I'm, I'm, I just, I I don't think any, no one is too good to go, to go out on loan. If you're not playing well, you're not getting the game time, especially at a young age as Callum, I think lo, a loan move could do the best thing in the world. You look at people like Christensen, Christensen went out did two years on loan and it was the best thing that ever happened to him mason mount's gone out on loan derby and Vitesse got him into the side reese james went out on loan to wigan done really well got him into the side tammy abraham went out on loan proved himself to an extent got into the side for two years yes it hasn't worked out completely but it got him into that side so i think callum could do with that um but it's one of the things that will keep rambling on with the fan base. Let's just hope that Callum can prove himself into the player that that uh, everyone wants him to be. Because if we do get that player, my God, our team will be fantastic. Um, moving on to, obviously, the Villarreal. Obviously, that is our opponents for the on Wednesday. Um, Tarrant. Obviously, they haven't really signed anyone uh, in the window. I did look up before. I think they've signed Foy from Tottenham, but that was... Someone who was there last season haven't really improved too much. So, are you afraid at all of Villarreal? Should we not? Should we? Is it important not to underestimate him in this match, or do you think we're gonna roll over him and get the trophy?
2: Yeah, I think you can never be too confident at any stage. Anything can happen in these games, and Villarreal proved whether that Man United side wasn't too great in the Europa League final. They still did a number on them. You know, Gerald Moreno and the penalty shootout. They won it overall against second place in the Premier League last year. So I definitely don't think they're to, to underestimate they play a good brand of football, a high line kind of pressing style with players like Juan Foyth. You already mentioned he's had a very good season as like a kind of overlapping centre-back for the Royale. They are players like, you know, Francis Coquelin, who unfortunately Hazard is not here this time to, you know, teach him a lesson again. They have a very strong kind of 11 in that team. You know, Gerald Moreno's had a very good season. Samuel Chakwezi's had a very good season last season. So... They have a very strong team, but if I was to be not even a biased Chelsea fan, I think it should be easy when overall, you know, Una Emery, he's a good coach, but he does have kind of in big games, obviously not the Europa League, in big games he does have a tendency to overthink at times similar to Pep Guardiola. that kind of ended up with, you know, the Europa League final back in twenty nineteen. That kind of error that he made in the in the team lineup selection. Um, you know, a lot of errors that Una Emery's had in his managerial career. So I think Tugan compared to Emery it is literally mountains apart in terms of their tactical knowledge, their understanding of the game. Uh, so tactically, I think it should be an easy game. But like I said, if they defend deep, they counter attack and they manage to get a goal and we don't have Lukaku playing, you never know what could happen. So, yeah, I'm saying it's going to be probably a 3-0 win. That's what I'm going to guess, first of all. Should be a good kind of preseason start, but you never know what can happen in these games. So, yeah, stay, stay wary, but be slightly confident with, with what's going to happen. Yeah, I
0: mean, just as do you would you agree? Uh, it's obviously important not to underestimate Villarreal. Do you think they'll be a threat at all?
1: Well, I think they're going to be what they are, is they're going to sit back, they're going to stay compact, they're going to try to hit on the break, they might do some high pressing, uh, maybe at the beginning of the game, maybe just to try to uh, get that get that all-important goal. But I, I think as, as the game goes on, uh, if it, they're going to sit further and further back. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not too worried. Um, there are maybe depending on, of course, I don't think, like you said, the English players are going to play a full 90 if, if at all, uh, it all comes down to if we have five substitutes, I think they're more than likely they'll get in for some game time. Um, but, uh, you know, I could see maybe Alonzo getting beat by Chiquese. You know, that's always, but, you know, luckily we play a black back three and we're going to have uh, Rudiger there. So, that's, you know, to cover to cover him when he can't get back on time. So, that's always great. But I, I'm more worried about somebody breaking one of our players' legs on Villarreal than oh, okay. them doing best against us, so. Let's
0: yeah yeah Let, let's let's hope we can get out of this game with no uh, leg break and no no horrible injuries uh would be nice um I do, I do i do think that is one thing i've been slightly worrying about is Alonso, if he plays at left wing back which to be honest i expect him with Chilwell and emerson both coming back late um i i, I worry about chuck wazzy but luckily rudiger is there to cover anything and i i have full faith in Rudiger um so hopefully we'll we'll, we'll get the result I, I do think we'll get the result I mean if I was to put a prediction down I think it, uh, I wouldn't say 3-0 I think that's I, I, I'm, I'm never always I'm never too confident with Chelsea so I'll i, I, I would say 2-0 uh I think we will keep a clean sheet as we always do in the big European games um and we'll, we'll pick up the trophy it'll be relatively comfortable uh and I think we Obviously, I, I still I don't know about the five subs. I think, as far as I'm aware, it's five subs. But I'll have to check that out before. Um, but if we do get five subs, so I think there will be some changes. We will ha- we have the better squad uh, for people to bring on as well. So, hopefully, we'll get the result. Um, before we finish, we'll kind of just go through the lineup between the three of us uh, and just see who, who we think will start. Obviously, in goal, I expect Mendy to start. Would you guys both agree? Yeah, not,
1: not a disagreement yep. there. <laughs> no and disagreement there. Yeah,
0: de- de- definitely, definitely <laughs> do not want to see Kepa. Uh, as much as I, 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 don't, I don't, I don't want to put anything on Kepa. I, I just, I'd like to see Mendy starting. That I'll keep it at that. Um, and then the obviously, I assume we'll play a back three. Um, Taryn, what, what do you think? How do you think uh, we're going to line up with the back three?
2: Yeah, it's interesting because you know people are saying they want silver, Aspi, you know, um, Rhys James back in there, but I don't, I don't see. Even though there's been an indoor friendly today with uh, with the players, they've just not had enough time in preseason for them to start a massive game like this. So it is a bit out there again. But I'm going to go with Trevor Chalobah right centre back, Kurt Zuma down the middle, and Tony Rudiger left centre back.
0: Yeah, and Jess, do you think? Do you think there's anyone? Do you, would you agree with that, or do you think anyone else going to come in?
1: Um. Well, I have to ask about a couple play, players. What's the AC status for the game? Is he injured from the Euro Euros? Like, I haven't seen him or heard about him at all. Yeah, I think he was. He was. He did pick
0: up that injury, but as far as I'm aware, he is fit. Whether he's had enough training to play is another question. But I, I from what I understand, he is fit. So.
1: But he he should have been in before. Well, I guess it would have been a week after the German players. So he came back with the English players, correct?
0: Yeah, he would have come back. I think all the final, the finalists, the, both the semi all the
1: final, semi-finalists came roughly at the same time. So they would have. Well, what I'm saying is, did did Mount and the English contingent come in after, uh, like that, like Dave and and Christensen? That were in the semis. Uh, I think
0: they, they all come round in the... S- I think they come in the same time. Okay. I think maybe a couple okay. day, days after. I know Mount came back early, so that kind of throws the whole when they came back in disp- into dispute because I think they come back at the same time. But I'm just quickly loving a look to see if there is any news on the injury. I, I, as far as I'm aware, he is fit, but... Yeah, he is fit, but obviously, I assume he just hasn't had he's still trying to build up match fitness. So, I think I don't if I if I was to pick, I don't think Christensen would be available at least in the starting lineup. That would be my bet, but
1: we'll have to wait and see. Do you think anyone else would get him? Sorry, I'd change uh headphones, the other ones died. <laughs> so, yeah, so I I think that maybe uh, Dave starts um, just because if you're playing center back, how much, and you've played this role before, how much do you actually need uh, of game fitness, right? We're not asking him to to, to bomb down the wings. Uh, so I don't know if Chalaba starts or not, but other than that, I and I think that maybe you see um, also Tiago in there as well. Because he actually was fit, had a couple of weeks off, so he can't. His fitness cannot be that bad. Um, yeah, I
0: just, I just think with the Crystal Palace game being three days after, I think we always, you always know it's how we have to manage silver. So I think yeah. it's what, what game does Tuchel prefer silver to play him?
1: Yeah, I. You know what? I'm not gonna rock the boat. We'll just go with the back three that that, that was mentioned.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think if, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd probably agree with you. I think if there's anyone that does come in, I think it would be Aspie because I think Aspie has played uh, some, I think he's played both games, if I'm right, as, in some sort of aspect. So I think Aspie has had a bit more of a head start compared to the others. So maybe he'll get just a nod over be either a Zuma or a Shalaba for me. Um but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I I, I would agree. I think Tarran's probably is the best to uh, go for. I think Silva will probably be rested for the first game of the season at Palace. Um but yeah I mean going into the wing backs obviously I assume Alonso will probably start over Baba Roman because I think that's uh, I do not want to see Baba play uh left wing back. Would you guys agree with that? Oh yeah I don't think he's in the squad Yeah, Yeah, I'm not sure because obviously Emerson and Chilwell probably won't play with them both being Mm -hmm. finalists.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's a bit of debate on that one. Obviously, Alonso is not leaving in their deal right now for Lukaku. So, I'm assuming he is kind of that guy who can clutch moments and that. But I wouldn't be surprised if it will be Hudson-Hedore and Pulisic again, to be honest. That's the only other kind of alternative I could think of. But... Alonso you know, is the most likely. He's very experienced in that position. He's played big games. He's scored big goals. And yeah, he is the guy for the for the big stage. So I'd say Alonso, But don't be surprised if he tries to attack that Villarreal back line with um with two attacking wing backs.
0: Yeah, I mean it would it would make it would actually when you said it I thought it actually makes sense if they if you're gonna have Villarreal parking the bus and sitting back a little bit. I think you'd, you'd probably rather a Pulisic and a Hudson-Doye bombing on them wing-backs, um, obviously, one at a time, not both of them at the same time, but um, to try and incl- get that extra attacker within the frame. So it could be that. Uh, we'll try Have to wait and see, see what Tuchel... Because the thing with Tuchel, you can never predict what his lineup up is. Um, Jess, what, what do you think is going to be in the wing-backs? Do you agree with Taron, or do you think Alonso is going to be involved?
1: I think Alonzo will probably start, and I think one of uh, Christian Pulisic or um, Callum will be at uh, right wing back starting, especially if Dave is playing right center back, um, because that gives him a little more defense. I, I would feel safer, let's just say I would feel safer for, uh, for Dave to be there than Trevor Caliba, or even worse, Zuma. So, yeah, I guess it depends on or, our, but I think uh, either Callum or, or Christian start at right wing back, and then Alonso's on the other side.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I probably think it will. If I was to pick now, I I'd, I'd probably pick probably a bit of a balanced Alonso, and then if I'm going to play on the right wing backs, I'm probably going to pick just pick Callum or um but. The midfield too. We obviously got probably no Jorginho, uh, but obviously Kante, Kovacic, you've got also Rublof to cheek. Uh just as do you will start? Who do you think will start and that are them two? Uh
1: them Kovacic. I, I think we'll start. I think I think if Rubens in the squad, he'll see game time. Uh just because if Jorginho is not, but I think that all the returning players might get a half to thirty minutes you know, that's what we'll use our subs on just to get him even more fit and back in the in in the groove, right? Um, so I think Jorginho will be on the bench. So I think uh, Kante and Kovac should start.
0: Yeah, Taron, would you agree with that? Or do you think Ruben's got a slight chance?
2: <laughs> yeah, I'd like to say that for you, Matt, about Ruben. But no, nah, I don't think he's going to probably start this game. I think, yeah, know, Kante and Kovic really, really good against Tottenham in the first half and obviously them two are the guys who Tuchel can rely on I'm sure in, in the big game so yeah Ruben may be off the bench to, for a cameo but yeah I predict uh, the two big game players to, to start.
0: Yeah I mean uh, as much as I'd love to put Ruben in the team I think you're gonna have to go with Kanekovic so um, I do think I do agree with Jess as well I think if Georgina will probably come on as well So I don't think Ruben's really going to get any time. Um, But we'll have to wait and see. Um, Now, going into the front three, this is the one that is quite a debate to have because obviously you've got so many players that could potentially play in that role. um, And none of them, apart from Mount, really have suffered with the whole uh, coming back late issue. So you've got Werner, you've got Havertz, you've got Ziesch. You've got either one of Callum or Politic, whoever played, whoever doesn't play, at wing-back. Um, Taron, I'll start with you. How would you line up the front three?
2: Yeah, obviously, there's a lot of talk as well with Lukaku. Will he be ready for the Super Cup? But, you know, with all the kind of contract agent fees, there is talk that he's actually already in London, um, which is a bit weird, but, you know, on the live stream with Bitsa Romano. But I don't expect Lukaku to, to start this game. If he does... Like I said, I would not be incredibly surprised, but if he does, if I don't expect him to start, basically, um, I expect it to be Havertz, Ziyech, and Timo Werner. Again, quite quite a plain, quite a basic opinion, but them three, like I said, look so fluid in the in the Arsenal game, in the Spurs game, so even in the Bournemouth game, maybe Havertz didn't play, Timo didn't play, but Hakim was was really really good. So them three have had the most time preseason, the most you know, match sharpness, match fitness, and I'd like to see a cameo from Mason, I'd like to see a cameo from you Nermelo know, Lukaku if, he, if he's registered in time, but first starting front three, the most electric in pre-season, who can really test Paul Torres and, you know, Juan foyth and a few other players like Raul Albiol, I think it will be Albiol, um, I think it will be, you know, them three.
0: Yeah, and obviously, just as uh, obviously, I did forget about Big Rom in that debate. I I think in my head, I assumed that he won't be ready. Um, but do you, do you think he'll start? Do you think he'll be ready for the front three? Or do you think it's going to be more of what Taron
1: said? Well, I, I would say our, our default setting would be what he said. Uh, caveats being, if Rom is registered in time, he's in the squad, and... He tells Tuchel he wants to go, and Tukul says, why not? And then if if Big Rom does start, then my front three is Havertz, uh, Lou and Timo. Because I want to see if Timo can run make runs off Lukaku and play that Martinez role. Uh that's that's really what I'd be most interested in, or making runs to open up space for Lukaku. Uh I, I have to see that at least. For ten or fifteen minutes in the game, right? Even if Rom doesn't start, I have to see those three on the pitch, just just because that's I know it, that Mountain will most likely start the, the you know the regular season in in the squad in the front three. But for me, for attacking wise, I think that those three are our best attacking formation, uh, as as in pure speed and and what they can actually do. Um, so, but yeah, I think default, our default setting for for the front three is going to be Ziesch, Averst and Werner.
0: Yeah, I think it's one of them. I, I, I just don't think Rom is going to be in ready in time. Uh, obviously you know, there is the talk of he's in London already. Um, but I just, I got a feeling he'll, he, he'll start the Crystal Palace game. So I think it'd be not, if, if he, if he, is registered in time. It'd be nice to see him come on. I I am very excited to see him play with Werner and see if that Martinez, uh, if he can do that Martinez role, because I think that would suit Timo Werner down to a down to a T. Um, so, it'd be fantastic if we can see that. But yeah, I I, I agree with Tara, I think it'll probably be Havertz at the Force nine, Ziyech and Werner combining on the wings and i think it will work very well i think it will work very well against the villarreal defence i think it will start off maybe a bit slow but as we grow into the game i think we'll break them down quite easily and i think we'll get the win um so that does obviously just as did you did you say your prediction before
1: no i, I, said I it. no I, i'm going to go with 3-0 that's my default uh because we, we you know we're sponsored by 3 so 3-0 is my uh default setting and I just can't see Villarreal causing problems. Um, they're a European team, in a European competition, obviously. But uh, I just think that because there's going to be, they're going to leave us more space. They don't play such a tight marking like they do in um, in, in in a Premier League. Then I think that. Uh, we won't have any problems with them So for me it's going to be a 3-0 And uh, we're a better team than Man United Even though they finished above us
0: Yeah I agree I think obviously I said 2-0 I think Taron said 3-0 So we're all very confident I think I think we will get this result I think we'll lift our first trophy of the season We'll go into the season Happy, confident um, It may take a little bit of time To gel with Big Rom uh, and how Tuchel decides to tactically go with it but i think we're going to we're going to be on the edge of a very good season depending on if kunde comes in if shimeni comes in honestly i don't mind because we we have, fingers crossed anything can happen so uh just in case big rom fouls a medical and we don't get him i am not sure to try and jinx it but i would be happy with just if we get big rom and go into the season because we'll be We'll be a great team nonetheless. We've got a great manager. We've got a great set of players. And we'll finally have that missing piece of the puzzle. And I I've, am I've, excited for this season. I've been, I've been a bit subdued because we've been waiting for the striker. But now we've got it. I'm I'm happy. I'm happy. And that does bring the ed, end to the first podcast of season two of the World Wide else And first of all, Jess, I'd, I'd like to thank uh, thank you for coming back on.
1: Thank you for having me. And it was good to, to be on with with uh, somebody I've never been on a podcast before. So, big up yourself, and uh, I'd love to do it again.
0: Perfect. Uh, as I think that Jess will be getting you back on as part of the regular team. And we'll be getting, hopefully, Taron on again. And as I said, Taron, thank you for coming on for the first time. You did. Very well. Um before you go, did you wanna just uh plug where you, people can find you on Twitter and your podcast?
2: Yeah, thanks for me on. Uh thanks for having me on Matt with uh you know a great guest as well. So it's always a pleasure to come on any show. So, you know, I'll be happy to do it in the future. Uh in terms of the the podcast, um on Monday we'll be starting again after the kind of you know Euros break. We were doing a podcast every day for the Euros, so kind of a little bit of fatigue and we've started again on Monday. There'll be a lot of journalists coming on a little a lot of different Twitter personalities, stuff like that. So yeah, it'll be a, a good little series coming on Mondays. Just stay tuned for that guys on Spotify and Apple, the perfect hat trick podcast with one T and Hat trick. And you know, we are on YouTube as well, but we don't take that one too seriously. Um but yeah, thanks for everyone again, just to echo that again. And you yeah, know, I'm looking forward to the next one.
0: Perfect. Obviously we'll we'll put all the links for where you can find Taron on Twitter and where you can find him with his podcast. Obviously, I'm hoping I'll be able to get on his podcast soon because I've been trying to get on. I've been trying to get Taron onto this for ages. So it's glad to have him on. Um, and yeah, it's been another wonderful pod. We'll hopefully have a re- episode after Super Cup uh, re- reveling, hopefully a, a, f- a first trophy of the season. And we'll look to preview the Crystal Palace game. So
2: guys, thank you for tuning in.